Hi, I'm Marilyn and welcome to my Lead Your Day show. Casual chats, interviews with inspiring people and lots of teaching with an inside out approach to not just building your own business, but being the leader your world is absolutely a craving to follow. In a nutshell, I teach entrepreneurs to lead and that starts with leading your day. Hey, before I get into the show today, I want to tell you about something that's coming up real soon. It's the Productivity Cure Virtual Retreat. We've been running the Productivity Cure for a few years now and everybody loves it. A couple of months ago, we did Productivity Cure 2 and some of you might have taken part. Well, I'm excited to tell you that in a few weeks' time, in July, uh, dates will be announced real soon. We are going to do an intensive retreat. It'll be on a weekend. So those of you who are, so those of you who are working and appreciate being able to do it after hours, it will be there for you. So look out for the dates. It'll be four hours on a, depending where you are on the world, it will be a four hours on a Friday night, four hours on a Saturday night. And you will go into it probably overwhelmed, overworked. You will come out of the Productivity Cure retreat with overwhelm reduced, if not banished completely. You will have your plans for the rest of the year mapped out. You will feel organized and it'll all be taking your personality into consideration. So if you would like a if you would like a holistic approach that is designed especially for women to uh, be more productive in your business, even if you haven't started your business yet, please look out for the Productivity Cure retreat coming up real soon. You know, recently I've been sleeping, well, a lot, a lot more than I normally have, which is great. Uh, but I've also been tired in the afternoons and not feeling as motivated as I normally am. And I'd say even a little bit unproductive, which is really strange as, well, I've always been the model child of a vision maker, Enneagram 3, and everyone calls me the productivity queen. I don't particularly love that title, but I've always been able to just get stuff done. And I've been that sort of person where people say, if you want something done, give it to Marilyn. Hmm. Anyway, it's easy to say, oh, there's a lot going on in the world right now. And in all seriousness, that is that is the truth. There's so much stress is the collective, the corporate stress that we're all feeling. And that's very true. And it's easy to say, well, Marilyn, you've never been so busy in your business before. And I must admit, it's growing really fast. And that's exciting. It's scaling, but no wonder you're tired. <laughs> Remember a few weeks ago, I did a podcast episode on the parasympathetic experiment that I was doing on myself, and I'm still doing it. And if you've not heard that episode, I was sharing how whilst I'm pretty great at taking time out for fun uh, and having time off, I'm not often getting into that rested parasympathetic state. And so as I was practicing this uh, and experimenting on myself, I was digging deep. I was, I've been doing the inside out work on a whole new level than I've gone before. And it's absolutely amazing. But something was, something was coming up. And so I thought I'd devote this episode to talking about it. I've had what I'm calling a capacity problem. Now, I don't like vision. I don't like 
competency and I'm definitely not lazy, but it was showing up in my body and I was feeling unusually tired, lethargic and low in, low in motivation. Now, what, what do we normally do when that happens? Well, we look at the symptoms like tiredness and we try and fix that. For example, we think, okay, I'm at that menopause phase or I'm being procrastinating or I've got resistance. That's a word we throw around a lot. Uh, or I'm in overwhelmed. I must have a mindset issue. But these things are symptoms. They're not the villains. They're not, uh, they're not what we should try and fix. But what we do instead is we go on a new exercise campaign or we resolve to eat more greens or we buy more or get some new vitamins or we buy a new self-help book. And yeah, these things are, they're good, but they're not real, you know, they're, they're not the villain. They're just symptoms. Worse than that, we can just push and push and push and crash and burn out. And I used to do that. I used to just keep pushing, keep working harder, but I can't do that anymore. And quite frankly, I don't want to. Now, the body is the alarm signal, but we in the Western world especially are very good at being like heads that just walk around. We just live in our heads. And the body is so, it's so clever in telling us, but we don't learn to listen. And it's like a gauge. Well, it is a gauge that says, hey, I've got a capacity problem here. And that's what it was saying to me. Now, I've personally spent thousands on treatments and vitamins and therapies. So I know firsthand that trying to, to treat the symptoms of a capacity problem, of course, you're doing unconsciously, is not going to work. Now, in thinking about it, going deep, I think there's two types of capacity problems. The first one is when we say, well, I can't do such and such because I have a limited capacity which is out of a reaction of letting fear be the leader of us. We're afraid of being too busy, what that would cost us, or fear of failure or fear of success. We might admit we're playing small, and we might not like it, but we aren't quite sure how to increase our capacity. So to keep us safe, we would say, I have limited capacity, and we put a full stop there. And then the other type of capacity problem is when we do want to do more, achieve more, have more impact. And I'm not saying work harder, but we want more reach, we want more influence, we want to inspire more people, we want to have more effectiveness. And yet our capacity is limiting. So I guess there's limited capacity and then there's limiting capacity. And I could see very clearly that I was the second one. I so long to do more, achieve more, have more influence, more impact. And yet my body was saying, "Uh, uh, uh, (laughs) there's a problem here. Now, the treatments for both are very similar. Now, as my mentor, Dr. Valerie Rain says, the three A's, and I've been using something similar like this for, for years, but I love it. Acknowledge, allow, appreciate. We're not going to go into those three things uh, in this episode, but they are brilliant, aren't they? Acknowledge it's there, allow it to be there, whereas normally we're in resistance. I don't want to feel like this. I'm going to push it away. All right. And acknowledge the first one requires self-awareness. So allow it to be there and then appreciate it, thank it for looking after us. In fact, when we give something inside our space, it by very nature is expansive. Now, my capacity problem of late isn't limited capacity, as I said, but limiting capacity. And as I was musing over this and thinking about this and journaling about this, 
I realised that capacity is, well, I felt like I was contained in an invisible safety room. You might call it a prison or think of it like a, one of those panic rooms, metaphorically, of course. Now, the answer, as I said, wasn't to get fit or take vitamins, which my brain went to first. What am I lacking? What vitamin am I lacking? Am I lacking in iron or vitamin B? And yes, sometimes that is, but I'm talking about capacity here. Or I might tell myself to just get over it or just do it. But I knew that wasn't the answer. So I dug deeper. And getting into that parasympathetic state each day has allowed these revelations to come faster and deeper and quicker. And I realized that the problem with just getting over something or starting a new exercise program is that all all we are or I'm doing is just getting fit inside the capacity safety room when the goal is to break those walls down and to get out of that safety room. So I started to see that capacity is likened to that imaginary room around me and we carry it with us. And I like to think of it, it's a safety room, a panic room. So if you think what you're going through is a capacity thing, ask yourself some deep questions. So the first one you might want to ask is, Is your safety room, this is a good point, the first question to ask yourself, and this is a critical point to ask, is your safety room, your capacity room, made of concrete or glass? Now, if it's made of concrete, there'll be no windows, no access, you can't see out. Now, the walls might be keeping you safe or they might be controlling you. But with a concrete capacity room, there's no vision. You can't see beyond your walls, beyond that safety uh, that you're you're in there. Yeah, it, it's a safe place, but it's also very limiting. Now, you may not be even aware of the walls. You just feel encumbered or contained. And you definitely won't have a vision for being out of it. Now, if your safety room is made of glass... This is when you can see where you want to go, but you can't get out. It's, I guess, like a a box version of the glass ceiling. You can see that there is bigger capacity, but you just can't reach it. So the next question to ask and drop it into your heart and ask it, is it controlling me or keeping me safe as a barrier? And who put me in the room? Is it really mine? Did I create these walls? who is keeping me contained with limited capacity. It's usually not our fault. It's often a trauma adaptation from any stage of life. And it could be inherited, it could be ancestral, it could be environment, our culture, our school system. And it could be things, we've seen this so, and we are so aware of this at the moment, it could be racism or patriarchy or ageism or even situationism. And you might laugh at that, but I see a lot of women, especially, for example, mums who have uh, little kids when they th- they're in this situation that they feel contained in and they can't get beyond it. And there's other questions like, what is this capacity room keeping me safe from? Perhaps even ask when you entered the capacity room and what is your capacity room made of? Now, if you are in the practice of getting into that parasympathetic sympathetic state and then dropping into your heart space and asking the questions, they will come. Just trust it. Trust yourself. Trust the real you. Trust the leader you. Now, with concrete walls, it's about not having a vision for beyond your own safety. And with glass walls, it's about 
seeing that potential but not being able to reach it. So is your safety room made of concrete or glass? Now, perhaps the first thing is to get concrete walls to glass first. So you still feel safe, but you get that vision to see outside again. And perhaps you need to seek help from someone who can see the walls better than you can and help guide your you know, any trauma that might be there. And by the way, if you tried talk therapy for any trauma, I would try something else, some in-body um, um, somatic experiencing type therapies in my experience definitely work better than talk therapy so how do I increase my capacity how did I do it and and what am I doing now well when we ask our real selves like I just said or what I like to call our inner leader or in my case leader Marilyn it is amazing what comes up and it will be different for everyone here's what I've started to do by asking that question and notice I'm not talking about hustling more I'm not following that masculine response and it's not good for us. So here's the question. Ask yourself, how do I increase my capacity with flow, grace and ease? Now, of course, I'm not in the camp of anti-work. There, Of course, there's work. But work that's done with flow, grace and ease is just completely different than, than the opposite. So I'm not here to argue that point today. So here's what came out. Firstly, I saw that my capacity room was of concrete. So I, f- I fixed that by getting vis- getting clear on my vision again. I needed to not really redream, but just get into view my, my dream, my vision, my goals again. I needed to reimagine what is beyond those walls for me. Uh, get back in touch with that deep desire. That deep because, and for different leadership archetypes, it's very different. What makes you go, wow, and for some of us, it's heart-based things. It's heart. For some of us, it's our passions. For others, it's vision, and for others, it's quite frankly, what gives you peace. The second thing I did was, what did I feel I needed to give up to be able to do more? In other words, increase my capacity. Now, this was key for me. Now, as a woman and as a solo mum, I'm pretty much used to doing everything. And I've had roles, work roles in the past where I was thrown into every department to fix them or to help them. So I learned pretty quickly to be an all-rounder. So what could I let go that really isn't mine? And what am I doing just because I've always done it, but that I could start to give to one of my team? Now, this is not a lecture in delegation. It's not about that because just heaping it off onto someone that's the wrong person to do that is just uh, increasing this this issue of capacity when it comes when it's because you've been doing things that aren't necessarily your strengths and that causes that stress and that that stress on your body. Uh, for example, are there gaps in my team? And yes in terms of personality profiles and strengths that I've been fulfilling, uh, but I shouldn't be. That wall was because my business was growing. I was spending more and more time not operating in my strengths 80% of the time, but operating in my weaknesses 80% of the time. And it's a common scaling problem, businesses that are scaling. I was also reminded of my wow archetype. I'm, I'm great at ideas. I'm that helicopter, big picture view, that mountain picture view, uh, strategic thinking, uh, visioning. And whilst I've taught myself to implement and execute, I'm much stronger handing that over to someone who is strong and thrives in implementing. The third thing I did was dug deep using that 
acknowledge, aware and appreciate process to heal myself. Mindfulness, getting help with any underlining trauma. Plus also healing the, uh, the result of overwork due to just being busy. Rest, getting into a parasympathetic state. So healing the symptoms is important as well. And then the fourth thing I did was I practically changed a few things to increase my capacity. And this was a big one for me. Now, I know I need an executor, not an executioner, by the way, (laughs) an implementer. But until that time, I could do things like, and I did, redesign my Ideal Week template and I added strict implementation windows of time. But very small, not a whole day, which is exhausting. If you're working in an area that's 80% of your weakness, for all day, it is tiring. So I might have a block of two hours or a window of two hours, followed immediately by one of the activities that excite me, energizes me, a creative, inspirational, strategic uh, activity. I also let go of things that I was feeling guilty about, like not loving to cook. So I found a great meal service that would serve us veggies in yummy meals uh, without my son complaining about it and without me having to cook and not feel guilty about it. And lastly, number five, I've been more conscious about leading consciously, no, conscious about leading consciously, not reacting. So as I said, my business is expanding, but when people requested uh, some time from me, instead of stretching it out horizontally, oh, I could fit you in, but it can't be until three weeks or four weeks time. I stretched vertically. Yeah, I'll squeeze you in today. Now, it's easy to not see this happening and you want to please everyone, but it's like that story of the frog in the kettle. It's not a nice story, but if you put a frog in cold water in a kettle and heat it up slowly, it will boil to death. But if you boil the water first and then put the frog in, it will jump out. It's a horrid illustration, I know, but it describes what we do to ourselves. Now, the great news is that once I started doing all these things, you know what? The tiredness started to lift pretty quickly. And I found the walls have dissolved without me having to even push them over. Oh, and by the way, the goal is to come out of the safety room and carry our own safety system inside our nervous systems. We're designed that way. The goal isn't to banish fear, kill fear or have no fear The goal is through self-awareness to recognize it as a warning system, acknowledge it, allow it, appreciate it for doing its job, then proceed to walk through those walls with bravery. So what did you think of that? Have you thought about capacity in that way before? And I have a challenge for you. If you increased your capacity, how many more people will benefit, including you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it. So many more people need to hear this great stuff. And don't forget, coming up real soon, the Productivity Cure Virtual Retreat. You can do it 
from the comfort of your own home. It will be two days of four, about four hours. It'll be two half days over a weekend coming up real soon. And you'll end that that retreat feeling well, quite amazing. And uh, you will get a chance to go di- dive deep. You will reorganize yourself. You'll get clarity and the overwhelm will drop off. And best of all, you can stop the overwork. I'll see you tomorrow. Hey, can you do me a favor? I've got three things I'd love you to do. Number one, pause and hit subscribe right now. Then number two, share it with someone you know that needs to hear this. And number three, go and write me a review. Yeah, it's a bit of a hassle to go find what to do, but it's really worth it to get the message out. And then finally, set a goal to go for a daily walk and listen to this podcast. Because the faster we can share this message, the greater the benefits. Thanks for listening and I'll see you tomorrow.